Our scripture reading this morning is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village and was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw them, was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his feet at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of our living God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated as you are being seated. Um, uh, this morning, uh, the text that uh, we have is not uh, actually what I prepared. It was uh, on, I think, Friday uh, morning. Uh, uh, work uh, our staff does. Uh, thank you, Ricky. Sunday through Thursday, and we're off on Fridays and Saturdays. And Friday morning, the Lord began to deal with me about um, this morning, and I just sensed that, um, that I should um, uh, preach from another text, a different one on gratitude. I just allowed those thoughts to kind of simmer and uh, sought the Lord as to what it would be and really felt this is where he uh, led me, and so this is where we are. Um, this uh, is a, a fascinating uh, text, and it's a fascinating section of the book of Luke because we're not given any chronology at all. Uh, Luke doesn't say one thing happened and then another and then another. It is just rapid fire, either story or account or conversation. And so when it's that way in, in the Gospels, you can't look and just assume these things happen sequentially or chronologically. You just can't assume that. But what you do is you look to the author and ask yourself, why did he place these things as he did? Why is it that this comes after this comes after this comes after that? So I hope to do that this morning and unpack something for us, a simple truth that we'll jump into. Uh, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He clearly is coming from Galilee in the north. That's hometown for him. That's where Jesus grew up, where he lived. He's coming from Galilee in the north, and he's traveling south, and he goes through Samaria. Now, if you've studied the Bible, then you will know this, but if you haven't, I'm thrilled to share with you uh, just a little insight into Samaria. Samaria was this region between Galilee in the north and between Judah or Judea in the south, uh, this, this region inhabited by people who were 
outcasts. They were not respected, and the reason is that hundreds of years prior, hundreds of years prior, when the Assyrians in 722 B.C., that's how long before this, when the Assyrians attacked Israel to the north, Assyrians stayed back. And they married Jews who lived in Samaria, uh, lived in this region, and the group of Jews and Samaritans who married one, uh, 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 Assyrians who married one another became known as the Samaritans. They were hated by the Jews. They were hated by the Assyrians. They were outcasts. They ended up having their own temple uh, on Mount Gerizim. They were not invited to worship at the temple of Jerusalem. They ended up in this uh, 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 sect of people that were disregarded at best and disliked at worst. And so Jesus is traveling through that country and he encounters a man who is a Samaritan. That is strike number one. But strike number one pales in comparison to strike number two. This man is also a leper. Now, he is with a group of ten. There are ten of them. Let's talk about leprosy for a moment. Leprosy was a skin disease. As a matter of fact, the term leprosy is a collective term to refer to multiple skin diseases. In the Old Testament, there are specific instructions for those who have leprosy, and they have to quarantine they have to move completely outside the city. They uh, wait. There is no health department. The priests serve in this capacity. So they show themselves to the priest, and if the priest determines that they have leprosy, then they go outside, they uh, engage in whatever treatment is available, and they hope for the best. Imagine, if you will, a man who is a carpenter who has spent his life earning an income for his wife and his children. He uh, works hard. It is a decent living. He puts food on the table and clothes on his children's backs. One morning, he wakes up and looks down at those calloused hands to see something that appears to be unusual. When he sees it, he has a passing thought. Could it be? Surely not. Is this what he thinks it is? He shows him his hands to his wife, and fear grips her. She looks at him and says, 
you know what you have to do. And he looks at her knowing that the night before could be the last one they will ever spend together. He goes to the closest priest and nervously extends those hands. The priest knows to keep his distance. He knows he can't touch the man, but he's seen this so much, he doesn't have to be close to know what it is. It's leprosy. The priest makes a note, notes where the man lives, and sends him outside the city. The man leaves. He he travels and he looks down the road to what is his home. In the distance, he hears the cry, the, the sound of his kids playing. And he can't go there. And he finds himself outside the city gates. And there he meets some folks. And when he looks at them, he thinks to himself, will that be me? He, he sees missing pieces of fingers. You see, the effect of leprosy, Philip Yancey has written about it, is that as the disease progresses, the nerve endings die. Yancey visited a leper colony several years ago. I would say his book was written maybe 24 years, 25 years ago, he visited a leper colony and Yancey said the crazy thing was that the loss of sensitivity, he said, I noticed a leper who was trying to open a rusty lock and he put the key in and he couldn't get it to work and so he just gave it blunt force with his hand. He said, I watched the blood just flow out of his hand as the leper maimed his hand but could not feel a thing. And so this man who had earned a living now finds himself among those whose hands could never use a tool. Will that be him? Will he ever see his wife and kids again at home? This indeed was the plight of a leper. Jesus is just traveling through Samaria and even outside the city gate, 
Even outside the city gate, news had spread that there was a man named Jesus who by a spoken word could heal diseases. This Jesus just simply by a spoken word could heal someone. They had heard it. And so these lepers approach him, but scripture says from a distance. They knew the rules. As a matter of fact, if you were a leper, you had to call it out. Whenever you approached someone, you named yourself as such. And so they approached Jesus, and it must be this cacophony of voices. It says they all cried out with a loud voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It is an orchestra of pain, a symphony of sorrow. These lepers longing to be made whole, longing to return to those they love, longing to be different, but in a good way. And so what happens Verse 14, when he, Jesus, saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Well, that's what they had done when they were diagnosed. The only reason you would go back is because you're better. You would go back because something somehow has cured you of your leprosy. And Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Just as they're walking, they're cleansed. So what happens? Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, what does that tell us? His leprosy was so bad his leprosy was so bad that he could visibly see his healing. Something was so maimed about this man. Something was so twisted and disfigured that all of a sudden, clean skin was now where there once was dirty skin. Lesions were replaced by pale, appropriately colored skin. This leper looked down and saw that he was healed. He saw that he was better. I would take us out of that world for a moment and ask you, if, as you sit in here this morning, if you have ever in your life put your faith in Jesus Christ, do you remember, as Robert prayed in his prayer, when you once were lost, but now you're found, you once were blind, but now you see, you once were wandering, but now you're home, you once were outside, but now you're inside, Church, do you remember that this morning? Do you remember? Do you remember? So he looks down and he sees. He's better. He's healed. What does he do? 
Then one of them, we don't know his name, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, the loud voice that once cried out for mercy, now cries out in praise. The loud voice that was once defeated and once desperate is now exuberant and joyful. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And Luke adds, now he was a Samaritan. This leper is both a leper and a Samaritan. He is an outcast by birth, and he is an outcast by his leprosy. He is excluded by birth and excluded by his physical malady. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, he calls him. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There are a couple of things that are not mere nuances that I don't want you to miss. He does not send this leper back to the priest. Don't miss that. He says, rise and go your way. Why? Because that leper just encountered the ultimate priest. He encountered the ultimate one who could cleanse him. And there's another nuance. Your faith has made you whole. The ESV renders it. But then in a little footnote, if you have the ESV, it will say, or your faith has saved you. You see, the word there for that's translated made you whole is translated 93 times in the New Testament, saved. Your faith has saved you. I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's a double entendre. I think the word means your faith has made you whole and your faith has saved you. And that distinguishes this leper from the other nine. You see, the other nine were made whole. This one is saved. Why? Because this Jesus that he is talking to was headed to Jerusalem with one thing on his mind. He was going to Jerusalem because he too would be taken outside the city gates. He too would go outside the city gates and there he would drag a cross. 
And there he would be disfigured. And there he would be ripped apart. And there he would be wounded so that leper could be healed. He would die so that leper could live. He would be embarrassed so that leper would not have to be. And Jesus would become an outcast so that leper could be in. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you too. Amen? He went outside the city gate to bring you inside the city. He went outside the city gate to bring you into heaven's gates one day. And my question for you this Thanksgiving is, have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten that? Do you remember when you were lost and now you're found? And now we look at, okay, Luke You place these in these interesting spots. Why? There's a conversation before and a conversation afterward that I think sheds a lot of light on what this means even more. Look at verse 5 of Luke 17. Just 5 and 6, the apostles, the disciples said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. What is Jesus saying? You don't need more faith. You just need the right kind. It's not quantity of faith you need. It's the quality of the faith that matters. You say, well, what kind of faith do they need? Just saving faith. Just trust in faith. Not a figured it all out faith, a crying out faith, a falling on your face before God faith, faith. A faith that turns, right? This is what the leper did. Turned and comes to Jesus and falls on your face in front of him. Not an intellectual faith. Not one that has dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Because as soon as you do that, there's no more faith to be found. If you can dot every I and cross every T, then God is not who we think he is. And Jesus did not do what we think he did. But then there's a conversation afterward. It's with the Pharisees, that religious group of people who had it all together. The ruling elite, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Think mustard seed. Hard to see that tiny little seed, isn't it? The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Well, what is Jesus saying? I am the king in the midst of you. And there's no kingdom unless there's a what, class? A king. You can't have the word kingdom unless there's a king. And Jesus is saying, here's the king. I am here. You say, what do you mean? Luke, Dr. Luke, brilliant Dr. Luke, physician he was by trade. Why did you do this? Those Pharisees are just like those nine lepers. 
Why? Because if you're going to turn around and you're going to fall at Jesus' feet, that's going to take humble coming to the end of your self-gratitude. And not everybody has, nor will everybody do that. It has nothing to do with church membership or tithing or religiosity. The Pharisees were as religious as they could get, and these disciples had left everything to follow Jesus, had they not? They left their fishing nets in it. So it has nothing to do with commitment. It has everything to do with grace. One simple truth this morning, radical grace calls for genuine gratitude. A grace that will reach down and heal a Samaritan leper is the same grace that reached into your world one day, right, Lester? And picked you up and set your feet on solid ground. Right, Jay? That's the grace. It's the grace that pulled me out of my own head and my intellectualism when I was just mere 15-year-old and, and just sucker punched me when I was 23. It's that grace. That's radical grace. So this Thanksgiving, so much is different. But the most important thing isn't. John Newton was an old slave trader. Newton um, grew up rough. Dad, a sea captain kind of let him fend for himself and it caught up with him and then he became a seafaring slave trader too. But God captured Newton and saved him by grace. Newton became the encourager. He became a pastor, not in any big major city, in a small borough in England, but he came into contact with the powerful rising star politician named William Wilberforce, and Newton was his primary encourager as Wilberforce took on the entire British Parliament over slavery. It was Newton 
who once traded and hauled them, who encouraged Wilberforce, who led the effort to abolish slavery in England. John Newton, toward the end of his life, said these words, though my memory is fading, I remember two things. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. That's what the leper got. Do you remember? It was John Newton who penned the words of that old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You may not know that certain hymnals have revised that hymn and removed the word wretch saying that it goes against one's self-esteem to call oneself a wretch. I would say if you're struggling in the category of self, if you were once a wretch, but now you're not, that's about the best transformation we could long for. Amen? Amen? So we're going to close with that old hymn. Would you stand? And we're going to sing those verses. And I told the early service this. I, as many of you know, grew up free will Baptist. So I don't play this kind of like you may be used to. That was a bad note. But would you sing out? That's beautiful. Sing it, church. Grace, how sweet the sound that This 
verses and up there through many dangers through many day toils and snares tools I have already come amen church I have already come tis grace church listen amen bright shining as the sun we've no less days show ourselves to anybody just as we were walking toward you we were cleansed radical grace I can just imagine that leper going home to his wife hey honey look her eyes filled running into his arms. what I want you to do. 
If you've not joined Grace online, then go do that on Facebook. As soon as the, uh, the third service is over, there will be a prompt, and this is going to be our collective way of falling on our feet before the Lord. And it's simply going to say, Jesus, thank you that. And just fill that in. I think something's going to happen when we see this from one another, don't you? I can't wait to see your Jesus. Thank you that. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Good to worship with you today. I have a couple of announcements before we are done. Uh, the last few weeks, you've been bringing in uh, supplies for Operation Christmas Child. And this past Sunday night, our kids um, in Reach Out and Grapple packed up 201 boxes to send um, to kids all over the world. So we're grateful for them for doing that, for you for bringing that in. If you signed up to be um, on the acting team for the Nativity, um, even if you have not heard from us or maybe you signed up and not sure if you want to do it, if you signed up, we need you here tonight at 3 o'clock. We're going to do a walkthrough, and we need uh, quite a few people to be doing this. So if you signed up for that team, you can just show up here at 3 o'clock, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll take care of you from there. I want to introduce somebody to you as well. Um, we have hired our uh, preschool director for our daytime preschool. Uh, Erica, would you raise your hand? Um, this is Erica Simmons. Would you welcome her um, to the church? Glad to have you here. Um, it's been so good to be here with you today. Um, as you leave, we're going to be cleaning for the next service. Um, but as you've sung this song, um, remember the truth of this song as you leave from this place today. You guys have a great week.